this morning, Romans chapter number 5, verse 17, and then we'll go to 2 Kings. Romans chapter number 5, verse 17, and then we'll go to 2 Kings. Glory to God. Glory to God. Romans 5, 17, one verse, and then we'll go to 2 Kings chapter number 4, verse 1 to 7. Glory to God. Glory to God. Pray in tongues for another 20 seconds. Just pray in the spirit. Ribo Sivrata Bagadesh. Reskebelende de Skubri in the Vasco. Come on, come on. Don't stop praying tongues for the next 20 minutes, 20 seconds. One minute. Rebuke the spirit of distraction. Decree that your heart is ready to hear God's word. And we'll bring this atmosphere. We align it to the move of God's spirit. And the word of God find expression in, in this service in Jesus' much listening. And everybody said, Amen. Romans chapter 5 verse 17. Let's read together in concert at the count of three. One, two, three. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. It says much more. That means the, the, the payment is more than the debt. The payment is more than the debt. Much more. That means you were owing 10,000 naira, but God dropped 10 trillion GPP pounds sterling. That, that currency that has its own name. Pounds sterling, not even dollars. In, in payment for the 10,000 naira you were owing. So that just in case you get into another debt, your lifetime is too short to spend every other thing. That is the promiscuity of God's grace. Can we talk this morning? Let's go to Second Kings chapter 4 from verse 1 to 7. Second Kings 4 verse 1 to 7. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet unto Elisha saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. Next verse. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what hast thou in your house? And she said, thy handmaid had not anything in the house. Save a pot of oil. Next verse. Then he said, go borrow these vessels abroad of all thy neighbors. Even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shalt pour out into all these vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full. Next side. So when so she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. Next verse. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her sons, her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. The oil did not stop. It just stayed. It didn't finish. It stayed. That's the best word. The oil did not finish. It did not end. It stayed. This is, good. This is going to be good this morning. I just hope you have understanding and you have the right heart to receive God's word this morning. So it was staying, waiting for her to bring more vessels. But she didn't get it. It stayed, waiting for her to bring more vessels. 
So your increase is in your capacity. Your increase is in your capacity. It stayed. It didn't stop. It didn't finish. Next verse. So she came and told the man of God. And he said, go, sell the oil and pay thy debt and leave thou and thy children of the rest. God, give me a word. I'm not very sure whose word that is. But it has stayed with me for the last four days. I've tried to shake it off. It didn't shake off. You're coming from scarcity to overflow. The amen here needs to have dark number. Let me try, my friend. God said to tell somebody, you're moving from scarcity to overflow. Overflow is not just enough. Overflow is something that is more than enough. I prophesy as he has given me this word that you are coming out of scarcity to overflow in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for your word. I ask that your, the men's heart ready to receive your word. Give this preacher nimbleness of mind and agile thoughts. Give your people understanding as you give me utterance. In Jesus' matchless name and everybody said amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Tell your neighbor from scarcity to overflow. Say it again. From, say if I'm moving from scarcity to overflow. Let me start this morning by saying grace can do with less what works can do with more. Grace can do with less what works can do with more. That means grace doesn't need much to work. Grace just needs something to work with. Grace can do with less what works can't do with more. The problem with us every now and again, we are expecting more to come into more. So you and I think that we need more money or more stuff to have more. But what grace needs, grace just needs something in your life, something in your house that grace can work with to do what grace needs to do. Are you listening to me? So grace can do with less what works can do with more. Let me show you the scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 6d. It says, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. So if you have many, grace can work with that. If you have few, grace can work with that. No matter what you have is good enough for grace. Uh, God, God, help me this morning. No matter what you have, no matter how small you think that thing is, it is good enough for grace. Grace is not premise, not dependent on your, on your, what was the word again? On how much you have to work. So grace, grace is not going to show up and say, what do you have? I say, no, no, this is not good enough, double it. Grace just wants something in your hands that it can work with. It was not the stone that killed Goliath. No, no, it was 
was the impact of the stone, Goliath would have fallen backwards. But read your Bible. The Bible says the stone came to Goliath's head and he fell face down. So it was not the stone that took Goliath out. But grace just needs something. Something small. Something infinitesimal. Something seemingly inconsequential. Something very um, uh, unassuming to walk with. Because grace can do with less what works can do with more. What works need? He needs more to work. Grace just needs less. That's why they keep looking at you less, less. But that's how grace speaks less, less. Are you listening to me? Is the fact that they have looked at you and I who saw flourish coming? No, I was just that guy doing everything, just serving the Lord with great grace and delight. They didn't see me coming. Who saw David coming? He was just a small boy with stones. But grace can do with less what works can't do with more. And this is the mindset of the believer. Brother, if somebody comes to you and now says to you, sit son, and says, I'm dealing with flu and I have a headache. So it's the season. Guess what you say? You are healed by the stripes of Jesus. Faith to be expressed. But you mean once it moves from that to uh, it's cancer, they say, hi, hi, hi. This one, ah, let's call Pastor Flourish. Are you listening to me? Because our mindset is to, to take flu out is just it's easy, small grace but the grace to take that cis letter word cancer and HIV is different but I'm saying to you grace can do with less because what you and I think programmed in our imagination is that you need to apply more pressure you, you, you need to do more you need to you need to, you need to do something um, you need to mount pressure you need to work it because this one is not a regular problem. Have you ever spoken to somebody and say, this is your problem? Not be now you play like this. Grace can do with less. What I'm saying is, it's the same grace that heals headache, that heals cancer. It's the same grace that got you saved that will make you blessed. It's the same grace because grace can do with less. What works? Because our mathematics is wrong. That's the problem. Is that we've calculated that this thing requires more energy. I need to apply pressure in the spirit. I need to do something. And by saying that, guess what we do? We walk out of grace and come into works. And when we come into works like that, that's, how, that's what stops grace from, from flowing. I'm saying your frustration is your eyes are on the size of your problem and not the depth of God's grace. Oh, my God. My God. Man, I feel this, man. Your eyes is in the... It's this, when you hear like they've given us a four billion naira bill to get our property. So when you hear, poo, your, your heart goes, poo. But it's the same grace that got to Rewu Street. The same grace. This not another one. It's the same grace that got you that last car, that last house that can give you your next building. Same grace. But we think that we've come to a place where this thing, it requires more. Let me show you something in scripture. <laughs> Am I preaching good? Let me show you how grace works. Matthew chapter 15, verse 34. 
Jesus was preaching in Matthew 15, 34. And Jesus said unto them, there were 4,000 people, say with me, 4,000 people, Matthew 15, 34. When the Bible says 4,000 men, you should understand that that is 12,000 people. Assuming that one man came with a wife and a child. So when the Bible says there were 4,000 men, it's not, it's not counting the wives and children. It means that there were minimum 12,000 people. Then they were hungry. Jesus said unto them, how many loaves have ye? And they said, seven and, and a few little fishes. Jesus took seven loaves of bread and few fishes. He didn't say, ah, this one, we will need to get more. He blessed it and fed 4,000 men, equivalent of minimum 12,000 people with wife and children. Another time in John, we had 5,000 men. 5,000 men means now you have 15,000 people. Now, when it was 4,000 men, he needed seven loaves of bread and two fishes, right? Now, it is 5,000 men. The regular math will be, come on, Andrew. Come on, Andrew. The last time I fed 4,000 men, I used seven loaves. Now, there are 5,000. You're telling me you have five loaves? Why don't you just move to eight or nine and a half? Because the mathematics now requires that if it is much, you need more. <laughs> Jesus took five loaves of bread and fed 15,000 people, 5,000 men. Because grace can do with less. What works can do with more. Are you listening to me? Because the match will be, no, the last time I fed 4,000 men, Andrew, come on, we use this. Now I'm telling you, 5,000, that means we need more. Jesus said, I just need what you have. I don't care if you call it more or small, I just need what you have to do what I need to do. Okay, let me show you John chapter 6 verse 9. Let me show you something in John chapter 6 verse 9. Because this is where the problem is. There is a lad here which had five belly loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among? So, so the Andrew, is, Andrew is saying that the last time we did this, it was 4,000 men. We had seven loaves of bread. Now, this thing is not enough. Guess what Jesus did? I'll show you something. This will bless you. Because I'm saying, how did Jesus react to this thing that was said to him? That is how I should react every time I see a big problem with a small capacity. Next verse. Jesus said, make them sit down. Come down. He didn't say, oh. he said, make them sit down. That means if they can sit, I can fix this. The problem is you and God are standing. If you rest, God will fix it. So this reaction, get them to sit down, sit down. Tell your neighbor, sit down. Say it again, sit down. You keep jumping from one prayer house to another prayer house, one prophet to another prophet, one this year with the line of your from your mother prayer, not the finish. And that is your problem. Tell your neighbor, sit down. My Lord said to my Lord, sit down until I make. So you can't stand and I will make your enemies. The making of the enemies your full stool is not your responsibility. The sitting is your... Are you listening to me? Tell your neighbor, sit down. Sit 
So Jesus' reaction to that was, I got this. Get them to sit. If they are standing, it won't work. Until you rest, you won't see grace. Because you and God cannot fix this matter. Else you will say you did something about it. Tell your neighbor, sit down. So when you are faced with something big, how do you react sitting? It makes me lie down in green pastures. He make, and Jesus, sit down. He make me in green pastures. Say, don't worry, I got this, sit down. So when you see the bill tomorrow morning, don't jump up, sit down. Oh, you're not listening to me. Sitting is a place of revelation. It's a place of rest. It's knowing what the Lord has said. Concerning. Tell your neighbor, sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. One more time, say, sit down. Say it well again, sit down. That's what grace did. It didn't need more. It didn't need more. Grace can do with less. What works can do with more. Next time you have that interview and you feel incompetent, go there. Tell yourself, grace can do with less. What works can do with more. Tell your neighbor, sit down. Sit well, say, sit down. Because grace doesn't need that. Grace way, Jesus way, is the bigger the problem, the easier for Jesus. The bigger the problem, the easier for Jesus. Jesus likes big problem. So when they told him Lazarus was sick, it was Lazarus sick. I mean, we'd like to die first. That's a small problem. Because God has a way of making your issue embarrassment to everybody. So everybody now knows the story. So when he fixes it, they would explain, 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 no evidence. <laughs> so, Lazarus is sick. Okay, no problem. Let's wait. Because before this time, they were looking at Jesus less, less. When Jesus showed up there, they said, ah, couldn't this man who heals the blind stop him from dying? Because in their mind, he could only heal. Before this time, he had not raised the dead. So they put a cap on his ability. That if he had come earlier, he would not have died. But you know, God can save you from trouble. God can save you in trouble. God can save you after the trouble has troubled you. How he decides to save you is his prerogative. He can save you from trouble, deliver you from trouble. He can save you in trouble. Ask Shadrach, Meshach, and the bad Negro. Ask Daniel in the lion's den. He will let you get into it first, then save you. Then he can decide for the trouble to finish you. Finish you. They have even written your obituary. Then he says, men's conclusion is God's preamble. Because grace can do with less. What works can do with more. I'm saying to you, if you have grace, you have all it takes. No, they didn't hear me. If you have grace, you have all it takes. Because grace can do with less. What works can do with more. It doesn't matter what you have. If it comes on the hands of grace, end of discussion. Let grace just handle it. End of discussion. This is so sweet, right? Grace can do with less. What works can do with more. You listen to me. And again, let me show you something, Dr. Pastor Obina. We preach about sin consciousness. We preach against sin consciousness. We don't preach sin consciousness here. We preach righteousness consciousness. We preach against sin consciousness. We preach powerfully against sin consciousness. We have not dealt with self-consciousness. 
Because there's sin consciousness. There is self-consciousness. The Bible says God can save it up by many or by few. Gideon had 32,000 people for war. They were coming against Gideon. He had 32,000 people. God said 22 fell out. If you are afraid in this battle, go home. 22,000 people left. Do you know what it means? to have? To, you have a 32,000 army. 22 said, all the best, sir. Thank you for that thing you just said. Left with 10,000 people in judges. Then God, Jesus, God said to him, Gideon, don't worry, let's go to the water. Let's go, let's take them to where they can drink water. And that's where he checked their self-consciousness. He said, anyone who just dropped their their um, sword and just went into the water. <laughs> I don't need this guy. The one who held the sword took his hands, cupped water and started drinking from his hands and looking, I need this guy. That's what happens to us when we see money. We drop it. Because we are thirsty. How many? Abuja, let's go. Leave church first. God said, not that guy. God said, no, no, not that guy. He said, anyone who sees it, has his sword, takes his hands, cups it, drinks, whilst he's watching, I want that guy. Anyone who just, hey, see what, to, to leave everything. He should jump inside. Because you want to quench your thirst. You want to quench your thirst. He can quench your thirst. Gideon is left with 300 people from 32,000 and they won. Grace can do with less. What works can do with more. Are you listening to me? So self-consciousness. You are conscious of your inadequacies, preoccupied about how others perceive you. Something will happen and it's not about you, but you make it all about you. Why? Because you're self-conscious. So can, can I get this job? No, it's not for people like me. That's not sin consciousness. That's self-consciousness. Because every time you look in the mirror, you see your flaws. I was talking to one of my boys. He just said to me, people, I'm having deals, but I'm just anxious. It's anxiety. And I said to him, by the Spirit of God, the anxiety that you sense is actually excitement in your spirit. But your mind and your history is interpreting it to be anxiety. Your spirit is excited. Imposter syndrome is telling you, no, you're going to mess this up. And God is saying, I've given this to you already. Are you listening to me? So every time you feel anxious, trust me, it's an invitation to pray. Be anxious for nothing in everything by prayer and supplication. Let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God that passes understanding will keep your mind and heart. Are you listening to me? That's the imposter syndrome. Is that anxiety? Anxiety. Because we keep looking in the wrong mirror. If you look in the mirror of your life, you see your flaws. If you look in the mirror of God's word, you see yourself. So the, the antidote to sin consciousness, we know that one, is righteousness consciousness. The antidote to self-consciousness is identity consciousness. I've preached. Like I could give myself money now and we can close the service. I'm, I'm telling you. The antidote to sin consciousness is righteousness consciousness. The antidote to self-consciousness is identity consciousness. That is, I'm not myself. I'm who God says I am. 
I'm not what I feel. I'm, this thing, eh? Now, I was talking to one of my daughters yesterday. She, had a, she got a good job. One time she called me, people feel that thing, that job, I, lose, I lost the job. And the spirit goes, they don't pity for her. There's a better one coming. I said, it's okay now. A better one will come. It looked very insensitive, right? She got a job. It was in the millions in Nigeria. She didn't tell me I don't even spend the money because I have food voucher, I have food voucher, I have car, I have driver. I said, so, and I told her, I said, so what did you do to get this job? And no, yes now, let's find out. Did you enter, engage the, the Holy of Holies and 21 days fasting and prayer and you sought the law and you laid down, oh. She said, is that identity series? That I went into the meeting and said, I identified that I'm taking charge. An old colleague, for some reason, who was, who was not supposed to be in an interview, showed up in an interview, not her boss. They were even begging her, please now, you have to take this job. So I want to say, no, please now, we really need you. In Nigeria, they play. Nigeria, had, they had, they had, they had. Now your identity will be the problem. In millions, monthly, and say, I can't even touch it because there's food voucher, there's about 300K for fuel voucher. If I finish it, I take another one, so I'm not paying fuel. And I have a car. And I'm, so, so I said, so what did you, let me show me the, the way. Because I wanted to find out from her. Because if you got it through works, you sustain it by works. So. Hey. Uh, if you got it by those means, that's the only way you sustain it. He said, no, it's this identity series. I just entered and said, uh-uh. I'm coming to take charge. I identify as the one in charge. So the problem with us is, one, sin consciousness, the antidote is what? The self-consciousness, the antidote is what? I know who I am. Don't worry, I know who I am. You, you see, I was talking to my wife this morning. Even when we were dating, that I didn't have all of this. There's anything I had. See, if, even if you miss, you are in your brokest phase in your life. Don't lose your identity. You can be Haman or Mordecai. You can be Mordecai rather at the gate as a gate man. But you know that my father is the king. And your, your God did not defeat my God in battle. I'm not bowing to you. Pastor, if you lose anything, Bilan, don't lose that identity. Shoulder square, chest out, head up. You know who you are in Christ. <laughs> me. I, I know it in my... No, it's not suit that made me know it. No, no. It's not your amen and your shout and your gathering here every Sunday morning. No, no. I knew it when I had nobody in my room preaching to my mirror. Lay hands on my soap in the bathroom. Take it. Le posh. I knew it. Speak to the shower and the bucket. Sometimes, paraka, purasis. Collect, they were laying, flowing under the anointed. So when you come to church and say your amen, I don't know. I don't need that as an encouragement. No, I know who I am. Very aware. Take the cars, take the houses, take the perfume, take the look. I still know that one you can't take from me. Who I am in Christ. If you lose anything, don't lose that identity. Let me show you how to walk that identity. You always keep the mirror. 90% of the women in this room have a small mirror in their bag. At best, their phone. 
Let me see. Do you know you don't know how you look? Nobody in this room has ever seen your face. A mirror showed you. A picture showed you. Aye. A picture showed you. And a nobody that you, you now saw your face is a lie. You looked in the mirror consistently to know that this is who you are. And you took many pictures. Oh, and you cannot feature in the future that you have not pictured in the scripture. So I'm saying to you, maybe you have the wrong pictures. That's why you keep seeing yourself like that. Maybe you have the wrong pictures and the wrong mirror. So you keep seeing yourself. A wrong version of yourself. But when you look into the perfect law of liberty, the word of God. Let me show you something. James chapter 1 verse 23. James 1 23. Glory to God. I feel this thing. Are you getting blessed already? It says, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face. In a glass. That's mirror. Next verse. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth. The problem is you forget who you are. What manner of man he is. You're forgotten. Tell your neighbor, don't forget that you are saved. Tell that neighbor for me, don't forget that you are the righteousness of God. Touch that neighbor, say, don't forget. Don't worry, they cannot beat you in church. Say, don't forget that you are blessed. Don't let anyone remind you or lie to you that you are cursed. Say, don't forget you are blessed. You are fruitful. And there is nothing the devil can do about it. He says, he forgetted one manner of man. He's given 25. He says, but whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty. He now says, and continue it therein. Hey. Stay there. Sit down. So to fix it is to sit down, but we think it's to jump up. And continue it therein. He be not a forgetful hearer. But a, why do you have things in your phone like reminders so that you will not forget? Do you have scriptures in your life that reminds you who you are? Oh, yeah. Oh, because... Because of my calendar, I've been, I've been jamming meetings after a while. My wife now said to me, call your PA. Set this thing in your phone and her phone. I now know. Cannot miss appointments anymore. Why? Because I have a reminder. I'm asking you, do you have a reminder? Are there scriptures in your life that reminds you every day? That, no, this is who I am. I'm telling you practical steps. I used to have one in my mirror then in my house. As I am dressing up, I'm speaking. It's not today I'll be doing this declaration. It was not, it didn't come out of freestyling. No, no, no. It's intentional. I've been speaking to my arm, the righteousness of God. They flourish. Don't worry. Now they go hear you. Don't worry. By the time they come now, this word, they will know that flourish Peter's brand. Your father. Flourish Peter's. <laughs> Peter's. Whoever marries you is blessed. Yeah. Look in the mirror again. Check the. The same shirt I wore last week, I'm wearing it again, but it's not what I wear, it's who I am in. It's who I'm wearing. Are you listening to me? Give me this in the message translation. It shows me something. It shows me something. It says, act on what you hear. Act on, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Act like that. You are blessed. Act. 
you are healed. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are and what they look like. Next verse. Take it back. Take it back to 2020. Now, if you don't know what you look like, the devil is going to send you a different picture. No, because you don't know. You don't know what you look like. So usually when they welcome me from the airport, when I travel sometimes, they usually have my picture. So the person is looking at the picture and looking at me. My protocol officer will say, send me a picture of you in the flight to send to the person who's coming to pick you anywhere I go to preach. So that he has a picture of what he's expecting. Because if he doesn't have a picture, he doesn't know. In the same way, you don't have the right picture. Next verse. I think, I think this is boring for you guys this morning. I was waiting for second service to get it. But whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of a glimpse, not even the whole picture, just every night he just take the scripture. I just I, I, I got a glimpse of the free life, even out of the corner of his eye. As in the eye scripture, every and it's in my mind, the righteous shall flourish. I am. Oh, the steps of the righteous man are ordered by the Lord. I don't, I am. Out of the corner of his eye and sticks with it. Is no distracted. Scatter brain. That's the problem. Your brain is scattered. I, it's the Bible that said it. Don't look at me like that. Scattered brain. But a man or woman of action, that person will find delight and affirmation in the action. Tell anybody, get the right picture. Now, I want you to say something really powerful to your neighbor. Say it clearly, loud. Tell the neighbor, you are enough. You are enough. So, let me tell you. When they tell you to go somewhere to sing songs, don't sing anything new. What you do here on Sunday morning is good enough. Grace can do with less. This is somebody's word of wisdom. Don't go out there and do something new. God never flaunts publicly with you what he has not rehearsed privately with you. But can I show you? Moses, come, Uncle Mo. Put your hands here. Bring it out. Lepros. Put it again. Here, take your staff. Throw it on the ground. Snake, pick it. If Moses was picking that staff up for the first time in front of the magician, in for run. I said, ah! I said, he's going to know this. So God, <laughs> you, are you serious? So, so God, just for the first time, no rehearsals. Moses threw it, you throw it, snake. Moses is say, we don't catch him. So God rehearsed with Moses privately before flaunting him publicly. Some of you are going through your rehearsals. Take it seriously. That gist you are in, that gist um, center that you are in, that protocol department, whatever you are doing, is your rehearsal. So when you come before the great men, you are not doing something new. That thing you have already mastered, that's when you bring out. 
David didn't look for new stones. He already had stones that he could walk with. Because grace can do with less what works can do with more. Am I preaching to you? So, get out of self-consciousness. Come into identity consciousness. And you know why this is important? On your bad days, you are not what you did. Are you listening to me? On your bad days, because that's where self-consciousness comes in. But you know, am, I, am I adequate enough? Did the, every time the devil shows you your past, show him his future. Am I, am I good enough with what I've done? Ah, I know last week now. Come on. I should. Every time that thing happens, show him. Because that's self-consciousness. Are you listening to me? That's self-consciousness. Glory to God. Samson didn't have self-consciousness. Samson had hair consciousness. You did, okay, second service, you get it. He had hair consciousness. He didn't have self consciousness And let me say this. <laughs> Let's close. These guys are not with me. He had hair, no self-consciousness. Do you, some of you think that Samson was, was big. Who's the biggest guy? Maybe Stanley. A thousand will fall at your side. Ten thousand at your right hand. Maybe the way Sam. If he was that big, they would not be asking him, where does your strength lie? How can you see Gentle Jack or see one of these people, those bands, and say, where does your strength lie? Are you, what, are you? He goes, show you hand, this is where my strength lies. So Samson didn't look it. Grace can do with less. What works can do with more. And let me tell you, it was not a big deal for Samson to have dreads. He was a Nazarene. Everybody had hair. But Samson's hair. Everybody does what you do. Everybody preached the gospel. But no one can preach it like me, baby. No, no. 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 So we all look the same. We don't carry the same stuff. So everybody does your job. Everybody does what you do. But when it is grace on it, grace can do with less. So everybody had hair. It's like saying in this day and time, uh, what's the secret of his beard? Every man has something. They have a good wig. Every woman has one. Or Samson's own was different. Samson, I'm saying have this on your worst days. Two. Let me show you something. Samson, I think in Judges 14, verse 5 and 6. Judges 14, 5 and 6. Judges 14. And went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnah and came to the vineyard of Timnah. And behold, a young lion roared against lion. I want to show you something, and it's, it's very powerful, but you need to know it because we all find ourselves on those days, and that's when the devil takes advantage of us. Next verse. And the Spirit of the Lord eh, came mightily, not small, mightily upon Samson and rent him as he would have rent a kid. I mean, Samson, take the lion. This is Sam. 
and he had nothing in his hands. That means he didn't have any weapon, no weapon. No, no. But, the, but he told not his father and his mother what he had done. That means it was not, was that, no, not mean anything. So me coming back and tell Pastor Makai prayed for somebody. I always pray for people. <laughs> Normal. Let me show you something again in Judges chapter 16. Verse 3. Ah, this is some of this truth. I don't know that you can handle. Sammy just Samson just left Opo. No, God, no, wait now, wait, wait. I'm going so. Samson just left Opo. If you read this chapter from verse 1. It wasn't coming from Vigilo. Oh, you don't know what ways you're really saved. <laughs> Leave it like that. You're really saved. You didn't miss anything. It's okay. When you read the chapter, God will give you wisdom. Amen. Amen. It was not coming from Vigil. No, no impact. No, six hours prayers. No, 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 no. This guy was hair conscious, not self-conscious at any point. And uh, it's like the babe and a hot babe, you know. So the city guys go see Samson there. He could take our babe. So they they surround him. They will lead him. The Bible says, and Samson lay till midnight, and arose at midnight, and took the doors of the gate of the city. No, no, no. You are not listening to me. Oh, wait, you guys missed it. The first one, the spirit of God came upon him. This one, he don't wait for the spirit. He just touched the SAC day here around this thing. Carry full togate. Then went up the mountain with the togate. Up the hill with the two posts. That when I leave this place, when I'm going to say person leave this the Holy Ghost did not come upon him. He just woke up, shook his head. Is he there yet? Let's go. But at midnight, some of you ask you, hey, Father, I know that because of what I have done, I know I have made you too small in my eyes. That's why the Bible says if you break the edge, the serpent will bite. I know the serpent is biting me now. Father, when will you have mercy upon me? They don't bite me, rich. Hey, God, want me to kill your picking? No. Even if I offend God now, Papa and picking marked, I know consigned devil. He still doesn't have the right to afflict me. If it's by breaking the edge, a serpent will bite. Every Sunday morning from the gate, anaconda. All of us. So this matter not consign devil, even when I offend God. I take consign you. Samson, can you see the way he prayed? That family matter now. Can you see the way he prayed when he was dying? Father, avenge me for my eyes. He didn't say, God, I'm sorry. Samson didn't say, Lord, Lord, you know, I've seen, I've wronged you. I'm just asking nothing, but you forgive me. <sighs> now that you have forgiven me, I come. He said, Father, avenge me for my eyes. In the vex. Say, Baba, the Roman street, no, avenge me for my eyes. He was not self-conscious. 
was identity conscious and not sin consciousness. Because both sin consciousness and self-consciousness, they work hand in hand. Identical twin. They will play you sweet. So one time you're sin conscious, you come again, you're self-conscious. That's, what, that's how the devil likes to keep believers. Sin conscious, self-conscious. You're not good enough. Oh, you've sinned again. Oh, you know you didn't really finish school. You're not that intelligent. Have you not been told that you are not a bright child like that? Oh, then you go again. Okay, yes. And once he gets you on these two streets, oh, God. Oh, God, you are gone. Samson was not that guy. He was hair conscious. So the Bible says, how be it his hair began to grow again. He knew that, okay, my hair don't grow. They don't know. May they wait first. May, that's all he needed. Are you listening to me? It's the power of the gospel. Samson, he had the covenant. Razor must not come on your head. They told him he knew. So he just knew that if I keep this covenant, nothing will happen. Now they, they touched the hair. The reason that they, because for me, I've only said it, it doesn't make sense. If you tell me the hair is the, is the power, I put a barber to the hair every day. As they grow, shaving powder, um, clipper, um, blade. And comb. But they let his hair grow again because their God does not forgive. So they believe that his God will never forgive him. They knew that he had, they thought that he has lost it or then on he's gone. But this God. So how come these people in the Old Testament knew this God as merciful? But we have preached him as the one who is bipolar. And we become self-conscious. And the viciousness of that self-consciousness. The real self-conscious. What makes self-consciousness dangerous is that's what takes you back to works. Because it tells you you need to do something or grace is too slow. <laughs> that's how you fall out of grace. Galatians chapter 5 verse 4. Glory to God. Galatians 5 verse 4. KJV. Christ is become of no effect unto you whosoever you are. Justified by the law you are what? So how do you fall out of grace? By falling back into works. That's how to fall out of grace. Sin is not how you fall out of grace because it's grace that will bring you out of sin. How do you fall out of grace? Is that you fall back into performance. That's how to, give me this in the next translation I gave to you. Message. I suspect you would never intend this. But this is what happens. When you attempt to live by your own religious plans and projects, you are cut off from Christ. You fall This grace thing is it's not enough. We need to add something to it. Let's do something to it. Let's, you know, Sister Nicodemus, do maybe what shall I do? Galatians chapter 2 from verse 19 to 21. One of my favorite scriptures in, in, in message. What actually took place is this. I tried keeping rules and working my heads off to please God. And it did not work. So I quit being a lawman so that I could become... Why do you want to be a lawman and dirty the people? Why do you want to be? I, I quit being so that I can be what? God's man. What is God? Grace on duty. God, grace on duty. Christ's life showed me how. And you see, this scripture is so full. I need time to unpack it. Christ's life showed me how and enabled me to. 
showing you and enabling you to are not the same. I can show you where to buy Mercedes Benz. Doesn't mean I've enabled you to buy it. Grace, religion always shows you without enabling you. It shows you, so you now start walking. But Christ's life shows you how and enables. For it is God who's at work within you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Next verse, continue. Identify my, you see what I'm saying? Are you see what I'm saying? The antidote to what? Self-consciousness. I identified myself completely with him. Indeed, I have been crucified with him. My ego is no longer central. It is no longer important that I appear righteous before you people or have your good opinion. Somebody once said to me, Pastor, that must be a lot of pressure. I said, no, no pressure at all. To be a pastor, I said, no pressure at all. Because, you know, you have to, as which people, I'm not trying to please God. I'm not, certainly not trying to please any man. Doesn't mean I should live recklessly. No, I'm just, but I'm enjoying my life. Not living under, what would they say? No, 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 no. He says, I am no longer driven to impress God. <laughs> Christ lives in me. God is always impressed with Christ. God is always impressed with me. I'm not trying to perform to belong because I'm already accepted in the beloved. Are you listening to me? Next verse. My life, you, the life you see me living is not mine. It is lived by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm not going to go back on that rule-keeping. Give Next scripture. Is it not clear that to you that to go back on that old rule-keeping, peer-pleasing religion would be an abandonment of everything personal and free in the relationship with God? I refuse to do that, to repudiate God's grace. Wow. Self-consciousness. I, I know who I am in Christ. That's my true identity. That's my real face. This cotton is not me. My spirit is who I am. My shoes are not mine, are not me. My foot inside, that's what makes the shoe move, is what puts the, the shoes in animated form, right? In the same way, I'm not this body. The Spirit of God lives inside of me. And then you take that as your identity. And you don't just take that, you are conscious. Of this is who God says you are. And then you remind yourself, like James says, you look at it in the side of the mirror and you stay there and you keep enforcing, this is who God says I am. Let God be true. Let every man be liar. You see, let's see, this thing, you know, I have somebody very close to me, I'll share this testimony. In the UK, every time I go to preach, I'll go to see her. Stage four cancer, weeks to live. I'm sure the first prayer I prayed there, the husband actually looked at me like, ah, is this, the, is this, the, is this it? So when there, we sat down on the table, we ate for a long time. Oh, I had fun. Hey, how you doing? How's everything? Oh, mommy, I said, fine, fine, fine. Let's pray. Father, thank you. He was wounded for my transgressions. Bruised. The chastisement of our peace. So, Father, we enforce the healing power of God. We decree and declare. I will leave. The next time I go to preach in London, I'll take a day, go and see her, pray with her. Now, the one time I went, the husband, the husband is a doctor, he said, come, 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 come. She's not sharing the testimony where what just happened never happens in medical science. That this thing has, the thing is disappearing at an alarming rate that we want to use her as a specimen. I said, you, so remember, 
So, so one of the one of my guys said, is it, do you, I said, I didn't engage in fasting. No. Grace can do with less. What works can do with more. If we understand the power that is available with us. So it was not a father. Hey, hey, remove the chair. Let's not play with the devil. Just saying that I have life to them. My song, lead them. Let them hear it. 14 minutes, a full service in 14 minutes. Hear it on your way to work. Remind yourself who you are. Simple. That same anointing. Not by mind, not by power, but by the Spirit of God. Who is this mountain before Zerubbabel? It shall be made plain. Shouting grace. Not, look, not using chisel and iron. He says with shout, crying what? Grace, grace. Because grace can do with less. What works can do with more. Are you listening to me? Let's close. Did you learn anything today? When my dad died, my respect for him grew to another level. My dad was a pastor. And I'm very appreciative. Not his new, not our kind of pastor. Dude opened 46 churches before he died. His plan was to open a church, 56 rather. Open a church, build it, give it somebody else, go. So if, that, if all those money was spent on us, would have been fine. But he was just that apostolic missionary guy. When he died, I was scared. But he died without owing a debt. And said, I've left XYZ in an account for my burial. Use that to bury me. I don't want any of you raising money for my burial. If you want to do something excessive, that's your call. But I've estimated my burial, and this is the cost of my burial. My respect for him really did grow when he, when he died. But that is not the story of the prophet we're dealing with this morning. This guy was a prophet of God, but was in debt. He was in debt. He was owing money. And then he died with the debt not paid. Derek, give me a minute. And then it is easy to die in debt. And nobody's responsible when you're gone. It's easy. It's very bad to die in debt now. And we have to pay off the debt that you're owing. But this is not that kind of death. This debt, his son's where the collateral to the death. There's something there. So the guy said, no, 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 no. This creditor has come and is not asking for money. He's asking for my sons. That the money we are owing right now has shot past the interest level and whatever we need. And the only way to pay him back is my sons. The prophet says, what do you want me to do for you? What do you have in your house? She said, I don't have anything in my house. I said, from a pot of oil, grace can do with less. What works can do with more. You're moving from scarcity to overflow. 
Okay. Okay. You're moving from scarcity to overflow. One more time. You're moving from scarcity to overflow. I decree in the name of Jesus, you're moving from scarcity to overflow. Bring the oil. And the Bible says, he told her, go gather vessels. Lord. Go, go. Because every move of God is motion sensitive. Go. It's told of the spelling of God is go. If you don't go, you won't see God. Go, gather vessels, not a few. And they gathered vessel, vessels in the house and said, come on, bring the oil. And they began to turn the oil. As they turned the oil, the next thing the prophet said to him was, shut the door. Every time the oil of God's grace is flowing, shut the door of works. Shut the door of another voice. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my. Shut the door. It's as good as sit down. Once grace starts flowing and the revelation of, and there is a flow of God's grace, go and shut the door to self-condemnation. Shut the door to works. Shut the door to another gospel. Shut the door to another spirit. Shut the door to another Jesus. Shut the door to the DJs. Shut the door. Shut the door. Or somebody's going to walk into your room that doesn't understand what you're doing and would interfere with what grace is doing in your life. Because grace and works can work together. Romans chapter 11 verse 6 says, If it's of grace, let it be of grace. If it's of works, let it be of works. Or his grace is no longer grace, or works is no longer works. Shut the door! And they began to pour. And they had more. Somebody say more. more. They had more. More. My dear, there's something in your house. It looks small. That's the problem. That is the problem. The problem is there is something about you, but it looks too small that you can't notice it. But grace can do with less. What works? Because the oil wasn't, because I told God, I said, but this prophet, it was your man. It was your man. But he was broke. God said, I was not, that's not, that's not my responsibility. I left something in his house. He despised the oil. I'm coming to you. He rejected the oil. He, because he anoints my head with oil, my cup runneth over. So it's the oil on your head that brings overflow in your life. So he rejected the oil. That's why he is in debt. You will understand. You understand? You're Christocentric people. Because the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. I'm done. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So when you see stories in the Old Testament, there are types and shadows of Jesus to come. In the New Testament, you find proper understanding. So who is this creditor? Who is this creditor? The devil. Who is this creditor? The devil. Who is this first prophet? His name is Adam. He despised the oil. He rejected the oil. And the oil is Christ. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. The oil comes from olive. Olive comes from the tree. Oh, is, it, is this too heavy? She said, it's, is it, the oil comes from the tree. It's olive. 
He rejected Jesus. So the sons, you and I, we were a collateral to this creditor who was going to take us because Adam did something. Oh, I'm preaching. But the Spirit of God bears witness that there is something in the house that if we can engage it called the oil, we have what it takes to come out of scarcity. Romans chapter 5 verse 17. Let's go now. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more. Somebody shout much more. Oh, come on, come on, come on. I say somebody shout much more. They which have received abundance of the oil, abundance of grace, and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by that one Jesus Christ. So by the point of the oil, they got out of debt, paid in, paid in full, and they lived happily ever, forever. They left out of scarcity and came into overflow, I prophesy. I don't know who you are in this room. Jesus died for you. He died as you. When he was buried, you were buried with him. When he resurrected, you resurrected with him. Now you are seated in Christ in heavenly places. The creditor has nothing on your life. He comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But the creditor cannot touch your health. The creditor cannot touch your job. Cannot touch your finances. Because the oil has been paid for. The oil was used. And this oil is Jesus. So you are free. For he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. I'm not paying any debt. I don't care what my father owed. I don't care what my mother owed. But because I found the oil. And if any man be in Christ, he is new creature. All my sins are forgiven. All the debt paid. I'm coming out of scarcity. I'm coming into overflow. Look for four neighbors for me. Preach to them like you mean it. And tell them my days of scarcity are over. I'm coming into overflow. Debt has been paid. I'm paid in full. I'm prosperous. I am in good health. Even as my soul prospers, the creditor has no voice. The creditor cannot visit my house. The creditor cannot knock at the door because it has been paid in full. Somebody shall thank you, Jesus. That's all I have for you this morning. Hold your neighbor. So the creditor can no longer knock at the you see, you see, because what Jesus did was more than enough. He didn't pay the debt and left them in pains because then they will come into more debt. But the Bible says they sold and they paid the debt and they had enough for a lifetime. Much more. Much more. It says, and pay thy debt and leave thou and thy children of the rest. Much more. Coming out of scarcity into overflow. 
Somebody say much more. So next time the creditor came, there was enough to pay. So every time the creditor comes knocking at your door, tell him the oil. So Jesus dying on the cross, what do you think happened to Jesus? It was the grapevine that was bruised, crushed for the oil to be released. That was the payment of our debt. So when you say a believer is in debt, I'm like, can't you even see it in the Old Testament? That there was an oil in the house. So pot of oil. So the prophet rejected the oil because he was in his house. So at some point he saw the oil like the tree in the middle of the garden. The tree of life that Adam rejected and chose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. People of God, when the oil start pouring, shut the door. Shut the door. And the Bible says the oil stayed. That means they could go back So what I don't know is what I can teach you. Go get more verses. The Bible says everyone that was filled, they set aside. That's the word for sanctification. I mean, so once the oil came upon the vessel, they set aside. Because sanctification is not sinlessness. It's set-apartness. So you have been set apart because of oil. Do you know that same oil Everyone who had that oil would have multiplied even more. Maybe second, maybe second service will get it. Everyone who had that oil, because the grace of God is limitless, it's indivisible. Grace can do it less. You don't read this from a book. What I just preached. You don't hear it from not Joseph Prince, not Adrian Woman, nobody. It is revelation. God said to me, grace can do with less. What works can do with more. I said, Spirit of God, talk to me. He said to me, do you think they saw Jesus as the Messiah? No. If they had known, they would not have crucified. So they looked at him as less, less. He was despised and rejected of men. So they wanted to discard him as some noise maker. But grace can do with less. What works can do with more. Hey! If you're going to come into overflow, go back to your house. First know that the debt has been paid for you and you have been commanded to live free and enjoy your life, abundant life. Secondly, look around your house. Grace can do it less. The problem is you keep looking outside but God is saying, I get something in your house. Grace can do it less. What works can do with more. 
Moses had a rod. Do you know it was not a big deal? When he threw it on the ground, the magicians threw their stone on the ground. It was no big deal. But grace can do with less. What works can do with more. I want you to pray this morning. First, I want you to stop self-consciousness. Stop looking at yourself with the eyes of your flaws. Start seeing yourself the way Christ has called you to be. Can you pray that prayer this morning? And then tell God, use this thing that they call less to do some mighty things that men will be short. Can any good thing come out of that family? Can any good thing come out of that place? And let the testimony would be, I showed up from that place. Hold your neighbor to your left and to your right. Let's pray briefly. It's not a time to sit tired and just look like a defeated soul. No. Grace can do with less. What works can't do with more. Pray for your neighbor that the eyes of your understanding opens up to see who Jesus is in their lives. That they stop looking at themselves from a defeated perspective and start seeing themselves the way Christ has seen them. Ragotoshke. Oh, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Now leave your neighbor, pray for yourself. Decree that Christ has paid for your debt completely. Come on, make that prayer. Christ has prayed for your debt completely. Completely, Christ has paid for your debt. And all your sins are now forgiven. Come on, open up your mouth and pray. For if any man be in Christ, his new creature, Balekondoski, Rekabendendeshido, the creditor has no business with me anymore. The creditor has no business with your home. The creditor has no business with your health. The creditor has no business with your family. The creditor has no business with your finances. Somebody go said to tell you you are free. Come on. I said you are free. 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 Sudden, <laughs> 
Creditor came. I need your sons. No. You can't take my sons. That's what you should do when you get home today. So you can't take my son. Or you can't take my baby. Oh, you can't take my marriage. You can't take my health. Oh, you can't take my promotion too. Because I have much more. Somebody say much more. Come on, son. Say what much more, much more, much more. Much more, much more. Somebody's going to stumble into a major break. It will look like an accident. I accidentally came into it. I suddenly...